Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Hey, um, if we haven't met, my name's Caleb and um, Kim and I, uh, that's my wife, we're part of the team here, or Pinky, as she's affectionately called at the moment. Um, she, she'll hate me saying that, sorry. Just came out, babe. Pastor Byron and Anne, our senior pastors, they're on leave at the moment, they're on holidays, so they just said to say good day. Pastor Byron's hurt his back at the moment, which everyone say, oh. So when you're praying this week, pray for Pastor B, because I don't know what, if you've been on holidays, but if you're sick or, you know what I mean, it's like, it's lame. What a waste of your holidays to be, you know, bedridden. So why don't we just continue to pray for Pastor Byron and Anne. They're just having a good break, which is well-deserved, and um, but want to say hello, and um, it's pretty cool. So this morning I'm going to speak on, um, I've titled this message, A Forgotten People. Last week I preached a message called Forgotten Saviour, and it was really a message about the whole story of the Israelites, that's the family of Jacob, who God changed his name to Israel, being captive in Egypt. They went to Egypt because uh, Joseph really paved a way for them to be saved from the famine in the land, if you know the story. And then it says in the first chapter of Exodus, but then a new king came to power and did not know Joseph or what he'd done to really preserve their people. And Egypt ended up enslaving these Israelites, even though they were their savior in this season. This week, I've forgotten people. I'm going to start reading from Exodus chapter 1. I'd love you to join me. Exodus chapter 1, verse 12. It'll be on the screen. I'm going to read from the New Living today, and it says this. But the more the Egyptians oppressed them, the the more the Israelites multiplied and spread, and the more alarmed the Egyptians became. So the Egyptians worked the people of Israel without mercy. They made their lives bitter, forcing them to mix mortar and make bricks and do all the work in the fields. They were ruthless in all their demands. Ruthless in all their demands. I think we're ruthless this morning, aren't we? Where's Ruth? Are you here? Ruth Prague, she is a legend of our church. If you don't know Ruth, you've got to know her. I was talking to her this week. Do you know most weeks she comes and drops in stuff for Gotcha Backs? Like, there's not a week that I don't see her in the office because she's bringing in bags of stuff for our Gotcha Backs things. She's a legend of our church. Anyway, I was going to give her a shout out, but she's not here. So next time you see her, congratulate her, tell her how cool she is. Next time she's doing your dentistry work, tell her, try to talk with her hands in your mouth, which is always awkward. You know when the dentist asks you a question, it's like, how am I supposed to answer that? You've, I've got my mouth open, your hands are literally in my mouth, like, what do you want me to say? We picked up this Exodus story in chapter 1 there that we read, and we, it, we were talking about how the Egyptians really were oppressing these people. In this part of the journey of the nation of Israel, what started as a provision, what started as a deliverance became slavery. I wonder if we've ever been in those situations. Maybe in our Christianity where it felt like at the start, salvation was that. It was deliverance. It was freedom. And now it's almost become like a container that's held us in. It would have been very easy to feel like they were a forgotten people in this situation. That they'd seen God do these mighty things through their ancestry, yet they're the ones stuck in slavery in this moment. Sometimes right now in my life personally, I find myself wondering if I'm forgotten. If we're forgotten, it's like, God, where are you in this situation? 
Thank you this morning for being here. Thank you for braving Omnicrom this morning. So good. But have you ever asked yourself, God, where are you in all this situation? Where are you in everything that's happening in this world? God, are we a forgotten people? You see, but the Israelites, they had a profound ability to flourish in adversity. We have the same ability to flourish in adversity. More oppression to the Israelites in their story, in their journey, equaled more multiplication. It's like no matter how hard they drove these people, they were multiplying, they were flourishing, they were going forward. No matter what happens in my life, I'm making a decision, not because I'm a legend, but because Christ in me, the hope of glory. More oppression equals more multiplication. We see other examples of this in Scripture, like Stephen, the first martyr in the Bible. Remember the story? He's killed for his faith. What happens? Everyone freaks out, becomes fearful, spreads around the world. What did they take with them? The good news. It was like what they were trying to shut down was this Christian idea, this, the way the followers of the way, these, the, the early church. And what happened is that when they tried to lock it in, they forced it to spread. Because as Christians moved away to get out of persecution, they took the gospel with them. We can grow in adverse conditions. Do you believe this? Sometimes an easy life is not the best life for us. Did anyone's mum have a pressure cooker growing up? My mum did, didn't your mum, for a little while? But what was the idea? I think the idea was, in my lack of knowledge, I'm going to try and fumble my way through this, totally unresearched off the cuff. But I think the idea is that if you add pressure to it, it cooks faster. Is that the idea? What happens if sometimes in our life that adding pressure to our lives helped us to grow and develop faster in our lives? I can look back at the hardest seasons in my life and realize, hey, God, you are building something in me in that situation. God, I'm a better man today because of the hard and the pressures that I've been through in my life. This is what it was like for this nation of Israel. They were being oppressed. They were slaves, but something on the inside of them was growing. God was developing them in the situation this morning. Our world is crazy. Can I encourage you? God's doing something in his church. He hasn't stopped because I know for a fact that he's doing something in my heart and in my mind, and I encourage you to allow him to do it in your life today. Have you ever asked yourself the question, where were you, God? Where are you? God, have you forgotten about us? I believe this is what the nation of Israel was in this thing, that they were, they were starting to cry out to God, saying, hey God, it's been a while now. Multiple generations of slavery, God. We see other examples of this in the Bible where people say, God, if you had been here, then this wouldn't have happened. Remember Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus who passed away when Jesus got there late and they're like, Jesus, if you'd had been here, if only you had been here, then this would not have happened. Have you found yourself asking God that question? God, if you, hadn't, if you had been here, then this wouldn't have happened. God, have you left us? Kim touched on this, but can you imagine what the disciples of Jesus were feeling after Jesus' crucifixion? Like they thought they were on the winning team which we now know that they were, that we now know that we are, hopefully, we know that, don't we? 
But it's like when their saviour died, instead of taking over with a military force, they're like, what, God? Have you left us? The story gets worse. I think it's at the end of chapter 1 there. Pharaoh makes a decree that every Israelite baby, boy, is going to be thrown in the Nile River. Like, what? But Moses' mum hid him, if you know the story. She made a basket, floated it down the, the Nile. Pharaoh's daughter ends up finding him. They find, you know, it's funny, Moses' sister sneaks down to watch from the side of the bank or in the reeds or something. I'm not sure exactly what it looked like, but that's what I assume it looked like. And she's like, hey, do you want me to go find a nursing mum? <laughs> so Pharaoh's mum, I mean, not Pharaoh's mum, Moses' mum got to raise Moses for a short time of his life there, which is a really cool blessing of a story. Moses learns the way of Egypt. He grows up really as like a, a prince of Egypt. A life of privilege, he learns the culture, the ways of Egypt. But there was something on the inside of Moses that he knew who he was still. One day he's out and he sees an Egyptian slave um, master beating up one of his relations, I guess, one of his fellow countrymen, one of the Israelites, and he, and he takes it personally, remember, and he intervenes, then he goes too far and accidentally kills the guy, do you know the story? He kills the slave master and then he runs for his life because he's scared of his own life that he's going to... He meets Jethro, a guy in the wilderness, ends up marrying one of his daughters, becoming a shepherd for him. Years go by and then he has this crazy burning bush experience. We know this story? I'll read it. I'll pick it up in Exodus 2. This is just before the burning bush. Exodus 2, 23. Sorry, I know I'm setting up this message, but I'll get there in a minute. You Ready? Years passed and the king of Egypt died, but the Israelites continued to groan under their burden of slavery. They cried out for help and their cry rose up to God. God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant promise to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. He looked down on the people of Israel and knew it was time to act and knew it was time to act. I've got three points for you this morning. Are you ready? Number one, God hears. God hears. Do you believe that God hears our prayers? Do we believe that? Like, honestly, do we believe that? Because if I honestly believe that, believe that, I would probably spend less time complaining and more time praying. Anyone else? Have you ever tried to pray for something? It's like, oh, I need, really need to just pray for this. And then it's like, you look back and you'll, you spent 10 minutes complaining. Anyone ever do that? Does anyone's prayer sometimes comes out like complaining? This is what's happening in this story. They're like, their complaints, their groanings heard God. And it's like, but God is so gracious that he hears us when we speak to him. God hears. I believe that God hears. Kim and I had a cool situation that at home, didn't we, babe? With Jethro. Um, I think I've told you the story, but Jethro, um, he speaks in tongues from a prayer meeting here, and every now and then when I tuck him in, I just pray in the Spirit together with him, and it's just some of the coolest moments in my life as a dad. It's pretty cool. Anyway, the other night, I tucked him in, and I walk out to the kitchen. I'm talking to Kim, and then I'm like, what's that noise? And then Kim and I go into his room, and we can hear Jethro, our son. He's like six, 
and he's like just praying in the spirit in his room by himself. And it was one of those cool little moments where it's like, I don't know, like my heart just melted because I just, it meant so much to me that my kids love God. I don't know if you've experienced that, but it was like that moment when it was like, God hears. He is aware. They cried out for help. And God heard their cry. This morning, I want to encourage you that God hears your prayers, that He hears your complaints. Number two, God remembers. You're not forgotten. You are not a forgotten people. God has not forgotten about the earth. He has not forgotten about Australia. He has not forgotten about humanity. He has not forgotten about His world. He loves and cares for us. It says there in what I just read in Exodus 2, 24, God hearing their groaning and he remembered his covenant promise. God remembers. The covenant promise was three things, wasn't it? Can you remember what it was? Land, descendants, and blessing. That through them, through their line, all the peoples on earth would be blessed. Which is a big call for a nation stuck in slavery. That had been oppressed by a superpower. Land, descendants, and blessings, but we see this unfold. This is why, like, don't rush through your Bible, church. This is why Matthew starts his gospel boringly, because there's 41 generations, 41 generations from Abraham down to Jesus to say, hey, the covenant come to pass that through your line, all the people on earth would be blessed. This was the fulfillment of the covenant that God made with Abraham. God remembers. Can I encourage you this morning? Maybe because you've forgotten the promises that God has made for you, He hasn't. The things that you've been prayed for and believing for that you've kind of got slack because you haven't seen them come to pass. Maybe you've been believing for something and you've felt so convicted and so impressed in your spirit and in your mind that I'm sure you said that, God, but I just don't have the faith anymore. Can I encourage you that God remembers? He remembers. Number three, God knows when it's time to act. I love that the way that's phrased in the New Living. It says, he looked down on the people of Israel and knew it was time to act. Man, I wish I could manipulate God. Do you? Am I allowed to say that? I wish I could make his timing my timing because things would be happening a lot faster sometimes. I'd be getting the job done. Can I get an Amen. I don't know if that's heresy. Like, I hope I'm thinking, well, God, I'm being pretty harsh here then. But God, please know my heart. Please know what I'm trying to say. Please understand that I'm trying to articulate just my love and my adoration for you, God, and really trying to encourage our church that you know what you're doing. Man, maybe we could have saved some pain. Maybe we could have saved some heartache. Who knows, we could have saved some money. Who knows, we could have saved some consequences of our terrible decisions. Romans 5, 6. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time. At just the right time and died for us sinners. God knew when it's time to act. Can I encourage you this morning? He's not slack concerning his promise. In Exodus 3, we jump into Moses and he's in the wilderness, the shepherd, married the daughter of Jethro, like I was saying, and God appears in a burning bush, which is awesome. Like, 
The amount of times that we've done this as a youth illustration or a youth message, can you imagine? It's just iconic, isn't it? How many times did you hear this story in children's church or Sunday school or kids' church, as it's now coolly named? Highway Kids. He acts through his people and he gets Moses' attention. Even the bush itself is cool because it's on fire but it's not consumed. But he acts through people. I guess my question to you this morning is, are we going to allow God to act through us? You see, and it wasn't abstract when he called Moses. It was a bit weird through a burning bush that wasn't, burnt, that wasn't being consumed. But it wasn't an abstract idea because we see previously when I mentioned that Moses killed the slave master who was oppressing an Israelite, it was already a passion on Moses. Moses could already see the injustice. He could already was not pleased with what was going on. He could see the pain of the people and he wanted to do something and all God did was empower him to do what he was already passionate about. I think sometimes we're fearful of the call of God in our lives because we think that it's some way off out there thing. But a lot of the times I've noticed that when God encourages me to do something, it's something I've already noticed. He, he knows me. I, I believe Psalm 139 that he knit me together in my mother's womb. I believe that he knows my innermost workings. I believe that he knows the way that this weird brain works. He knows what skills he's given me. He knows what talents he downloaded us. So when God calls us to do something, it's not normally so far off reach or so far out there that we don't have the skills or the equipping to do it. A lot of the time, our life experiences and sometimes our hardship are actually preparation and equipping us for what he's calling us to do. Moses was at just the right time. God spoke to Moses and Moses had this history of where he was an Israelite by birth, but he'd been versed in Egypt. He knew the culture. He knew how to speak to people. He knew how the system worked so that he was the one that could deliver the people of God at just the right time. He was already passionate about it. Can I encourage you? It's going to require work. <laughs> what a weird encouragement. Can I encourage you? It's going to require work. Moses thought, this is awesome. I've got a stick. It turns into a snake. People are going to get scared. They're just going to send the people go. This is going to be easy. Five minutes. I'm going to be in and out. Not the case. Have you ever set out to do something to do something for God? It's like, that's even a funny way to put it. It's like, God, you're so big and so great. How could I do something for you? But it's a language that we use to articulate what I'm trying to say. And then it's like, you thought it was going to be easier than it was. You thought it would just be, you know, tick a box and we're done, but it required work. It's like your mate asking you, what are you doing Saturday? No, oh, nothing, man, just hanging out, doing nothing, maybe chill with the family, I don't know, just, like, oh, cool, I'm moving house. <laughs> and, you're like, and then your attitude shifts and you're like, oh, actually, I forgot, I'm busy. You know what I'm talking about? You're trying to make up these lame excuses like, I don't know, I need to walk the dog. I don't know what I need to do. Read Leviticus. I'm not sure what you do. Like, you know, you're trying to make up these excuses and they're like the worst excuses in the world. And they're just like, oh, I'm doing something. So, and, and I've been caught so many times by this. Like, oh, what are you doing this day? Oh, nothing. Oh, sweet. You want to come do, oh, shouldn't have said nothing. <laughs> so, so when I ask people, I'm trying to go, hey, I'm thinking about doing this on Saturday. What are you up to? It's my life hack for myself because I don't want to bully people like they do to me. Something. No, I'm just joking. 
moving house has got to be the worst job. These guys are unpacking at the moment. I was talking to them. Flip, can you imagine moving a nation? Like, <laughs> we think this is just an easy thing. All right, let my people go. We'll, we'll just leave. Like, this guy has lived there for generations. We are talking about, like, at least a million people. Like, a lot of people. Like, moving a nation. Can you imagine moving a nation? Like, this is not moving a house. This is not packing a few boxes. This is not calling you know, storage world or whatever you do. I don't know what you do. This is a lot more than just a masking tape and styrofoam. This is livestock. This is families. This is homes. They are moving a generation. This is a lot of work to do the will of God. But sometimes the blessing of God is on the other side of hard work. I know no young people wants to hear this today. Imagine moving a nation. Sometimes... When God knows when it's time to act, it's time for us to roll up our sleeves. Yeah, we're going to pray about it. Yeah, we're going to sing about it for sure. But sometimes it takes us, like Kim was saying today, so ties in so well with what I'm saying, babe, but sometimes we need to action it and step out in faith and go, hey, God, I'm willing. You can use me. Let's recap. I believe that God hears us. But my application would be, if we actually believe that you hear us, God, what are you hearing from me? What do I need to start praying for? God, if I actually believe that you hear me, God, let my words to you be more than complaints. Let them be more than whinging. I don't want to be that cracked record, God, but I want to be someone of faith that you can use that has eyes to see things, not just the way they are, but the way that you want them to be, the way that they could be, God. Help me to have a fresh vision for this church. Help me to have a fresh vision for my family, for my workplace, God, because I believe that you're here, so I'm going to start to pray in the things that I can see that are not yet there. God remembers, number two. But if God remembers... Where are my hope and faith levels at? Do I believe that he's a good God? Do I believe that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever? Do I actually believe that he wants good things for his people? Do I believe that he remembers us even when we're in the midst of this situation? The Bible has great examples of this. The disciples in the midst of the storm on the lake. God remembers and he acts at just the right time. Number three, God knows when it's time to act. If God knows when it's time to act, the application question is this, God, how can I be a part of it? God, where have you positioned me? What skills have you given me? What experiences have I had that equip me and position me to be your man, your woman in this season moving forward? Can we pray? Hey, Holy Spirit, I just invite you here afresh. Holy Spirit, I just pray, Lord, that you would touch each and every one of us. God, I just pray, Lord, that something through my words today would encourage us to live for you afresh. God, I just pray for those that need encouragement to know that you hear us when we pray. God, I just pray even right now that you would acknowledge their prayers. 
Holy Spirit, that you would just whisper in their ears and their minds right now, I heard that. I know you need this. God, for those of us that are wondering if you remembered us or if you've left us or where are you in this situation, this circumstance, God, right now I just pray for a freshness of your closeness and your comfort in this season. And God, I thank you that you know when it's time to act. And God, right now we just pray. We pray over our family. We pray over our home. We pray over our church. Lord, we pray over our city. God, we pray for our state, our nation, and ultimately our world. And we just ask, Lord, that you would show us your timing. God, that you would act. God, that you would transform our world continually. And God, I pray that you would know that we're willing to do it and to be a part of it with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, maybe you're here and maybe you've, maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe you just sort of rocked up to church today and maybe this might be new to you. I just want to extend an invitation to you. Please don't leave church today without having a conversation with one of us. We'd love just to start you on a journey, explain what we believe, why we believe it, and really how you can make an informed decision about becoming a follower of Christ. Is that cool? Hey, thanks for your time, church. I'm going to hand back to Kim right now. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.